Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Sup? Wednesday morning. He's Chris Walton, Mike Casper. You're sup, who? You sup, are? Sup with you. We are who we are, and this is News Talk KBOI. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you. Uh, you can participate in the show. Phone lines are already open this morning at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Might as well start with the uh, good news for those of you who might be invested in the stock market. Um, stock market, at least in futures, trading up 245 points. Um, if, it quad, if it quadruples, we uh, would get all the gains we lost yesterday back. <laughs> I was going to say, it's up. That's unusual. Uh, especially for the last three weeks. The uh, NASDAQ lost over 4% yesterday. Wow. NASDAQ is officially, by the way, in bear territory. So they've uh, surpassed correction territory and officially in bear. The bears are out. Part of that has to do with... Uh, this is B-E-A-R. Yeah. All right. Part of that has to do with uh, Tesla yesterday losing $114 billion in uh, market value yesterday alone. Really? Elon Musk himself lost $26 billion, which is really sad because now he is still the richest person in the world. <laughs> I was going to say, you watch, you won't even lay off a butler. You lose $26 billion, Mm -hmm. and you still maintain the title of richest person in the world. Mm -hmm. That was like when Jeff Bezos... I wonder if anybody else has ever lost $26 billion in one day. I think Jeff Bezos did. Yeah, I suppose so. Jeff Bezos, I think, lost $80 billion in his divorce because he had to give half to his wife when he divorced right. and he still was the richest person in the world at and, the time now he's, and then she was one of the top five yeah he's yeah. he's been overcome by uh elon musk since that divorce has has happened but i, I do remember the big story was he just lost half of his wealth and he's still the richest person in the that, world uh, that happened to be in an elevator once what's that you lost I, half your wealth in a divorce in an elevator and no, still I, became the richest person i got in overwhelmed the world? by musk ah got it so we'll keep an eye on this. Um, a lot of this has to do with uh, people believe, uh, I'm talking when I say people, uh, experts believe that um, we're going to see a recession within the uh, next, if not the rest of this year, by by next year. An official one. An official recession. Now, while no one is has a universal definition of a recession, banks and economists um believe that if you have three to six months of negative economic growth uh, within a 12 to 18 month period, that means you're officially in a recession. So I'll go along with that then. They can predict that now. There's no way of telling until, you know, you you get through the next the rest of the year. Basically, if you look at the rest of the year and we have negative growth, then they can say, yes, we're in a recession. Um, What does that mean? Well, you're you're seeing it, um, you know, especially with inflation driving this thing. Every prices of everything are going up. Your money is going uh, much less further, stock market is going down, and it's all doom and gloom. Why do you suppose they call it negative growth instead of loss? Um, good question. I'm not sure. Might be a question to ask uh, Jeremiah Bates coming mm-hmm. up here when we talk to him, and we'll talk. We'll talk more about this um, when we get into the uh, 
next hour. We talk mm-hmm. with him at 720 about your money and, and find out what this means. Um, this is in addition, so far, uh, this is a big week for um, earnings reports also for uh, some of the big uh, mega companies uh, on the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Facebook, or Meta as I guess they're called now, um, are reporting earnings this week. And some of the, uh, most of the Companies reporting earnings are reporting really good earnings. Oh, cool. So this is flying in the face of even even though earnings are being reported to the positive. So um, there's just well, a was, lot of negative was, sentiment out there. It was Microsoft and Apple and Alphabet, which uh, used to be Google, and uh, Meta, which used to be Facebook, yeah, and one or two others. So it was an important week. So with uh, that, like I said, short term today, good news. Dow is up 276 points. Looks like all the indexes are up after uh, sell-off yesterday. Um, we are officially now uh, three weeks of uh, down markets in a row um, as far as the uh, stocks are concerned. We'll see. Uh, as of right now, we're aiming. We've got three days left in the trading week to see what happens the rest of this week, but it's not looking good. Mm. Um, other good news for you. At least if you are an in and out fan, in and out we told you uh, the, here a you mean, few weeks ago. You mean the burger place? Yes. Okay. Was coming to uh, Meridian at the village in Meridian. They had uh, already put in plans for the build. And uh, look at this. We haven't even got that one built yet. And there is going to be a second in and out <laughs> built in Idaho. Where? This one's going to be near the Boise Town Square Mall. Remember where uh, Pier 1 Imports used to be, 140 sure. North Milwaukee Street? Of course. That's the location. Huh. So right. In-N-Out has uh, officially filed for the uh, chain's second location in Idaho. Well, that, that probably won't clog up the uh, mall traffic at all, will it? No, not at all, especially in the short term. Application said the restaurant would have 3,885 square feet, would include a drive through as you would expect. They all do, and indoor and outdoor patio seating no fun so you got 3520 east fairview avenue village at meridian and now next to the boise town square mall that's great that they were so successful with the plans of the first one that they (laughs) they put together a second one that's just they must really have high hopes for this you know to to sit there and put all that money and and time and effort in not knowing if in and out is going to even be you know, it's popular in it makes, Idaho. It makes me think of, you know, after the Cosby show had been such a huge hit, and then Bill Cosby took a couple of years off and then came back with that sitcom with, with Felicia Rashad just called Cosby. And before they even saw one episode of it, the network bought two years. And it was in the doldrums for two straight years. And then finally <laughs> they ran out of episodes. Um did they run out of episodes or just get tired of paying them for uh, no return on ratings? Oh, it was a toss-up. Both yeah. both happened, I think. <laughs> hey, our, our TV has been blank for three days. All of a sudden, they're showing something. Hey. It says, one moment, please. Okay. Has, so it, it's, has it been saying one moment for the last hour and a half? Uh, no, just about the last two minutes, I think. Hey. Maybe somebody's up, uh, up on the roof working on it. How long is it? We could have we could have good news all over the place this morning. We could. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless uh, programming note. We were due to talk with uh, Congressman Russ Fulcher coming up this morning at oh, 835. You're, you're kidding. He had to cancel? He had to cancel. Apparently, <sighs> uh, congressional business uh, takes precedence over talking to two yahoos on the radio. Um, so that's been moved to tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. So we'll, we'll talk, we will talk live uh, to Congressman Russ Fulcher tomorrow morning. 
well, instead of this morning at 835. So if you I, changed uh, your plans to be here listening at 835, you know, go back to your regularly scheduled plans. As a uh, as a Yahoo. No, still listen. I mean, you know, we don't want to discourage that. But uh, as 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 one of the Yahoos who got canceled on, well, I'm I'm disappointed. KBY Newstime 615. Let's get our first check. On what's going on uh, with sports this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian, the place to go for lunch every day. They're open Monday through Saturday, beginning at 10.30 today. Of course, once again, one of their most popular soups. Get in and try it. Uh, got a little slow burn afterwards. You get the warmth of the soup, and it's going to be kind of cool today. Um, get in for jalapeno bacon potato cheddar today and every Wednesday at Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Good morning. The NBA playoffs continued last night with three games on the schedule. The first saw Miami defeat Atlanta 97-94. Miami wins that series four games to one, and they're moving on. Second game of the night was the Memphis Grizzlies taking on Minnesota. Anderson breaks through. Brooks the inbound for Morant. He gets by Edwards into the lane at Vanderbilt. Scoop! Scores! With one second remaining. The Wolves have the ball. No timeouts. Vanderbilt for Towns from three-quarter court. Grizzlies are up. Three games to two. What a move by John Morant at the buzzer to win it for the Grizz tonight. And it wasn't just that shot. John Morant was big in that game. The last game of the night saw Phoenix taking on New Orleans. Paul throws out of a double to Aiden above the foul line. Backdoor cut, catch, wind it up, dunk it home. Mikel Bridges adds two more to his total. Up to 29. 110-97. Turnover New Orleans. Paul the other end. Wind up another one, and Bridges has back-to-back dunks in transition. 90 night from Phoenix. Playoff career high for Mikel Bridges. That goes down as a 112-97 victory for the Phoenix Suns, and they are now leading that series three games to two. And there are two games left for the schedule tonight. It'll be Milwaukee taking on Chicago, with the Bucks having a chance to close out that series. They're up three games to one. Same deal for Golden State when they take on Denver tonight, up three games to one as well. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Live and local and uh, proof is that you can uh, call us during our show and actually talk to a real person at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on yeah, your Verizon Wireless. We're always local no matter where we go. You can also uh, get through by emailing Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, text message, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, knew we were going to get some more emails in uh, at the end of the show yesterday. We were talking about the Supreme Court tackling the case about uh, the praying football coach. Oh, yeah. In uh, Washington, Paula wrote in uh, yesterday um, after the show, said, I graduated from uh, Melba High School in 1992, played three sports. We prayed before every game, and there was no pressure to do so. The boys' teams did the same. Additionally, I remember Coach Potter informing us after a practice one day that Desert Storm had commenced. We all gathered in a circle, held hands, and said a prayer for our country and our troops. I think prayer in school may be going on a lot more than what people think. Oh, like I said, you, you can't stop. You can't stop prayer anyway. You can stop formally uh, organized and you know collective prayer, I suppose. But uh, you know, I mean, I could be praying right now. So could you? Yeah. But I, 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 I mean, you can't stop. You know, silent private prayer. But I'm, I'm, 
I'm of contention that I think this goes on in schools here in Idaho more than people think, and I'm talking the organized type. Like I said, I, I had a son that, and this wasn't that long ago, like seven years ago in a high school here that played football, and they had prayer circles before every yeah. game in the locker room. I mean, if, if, if nobody objects, it never makes the newspaper, does it? No. Uh, Royce writes in, the real problem is the old Supreme Court ruling on religious freedom. The ruling was guaranteeing freedom from religion, but should have been freedom of religion. Yeah. It just it, you don't you don't have a right to walk down the street and not see you know churches synagogues mosques whatever and not see people practicing their religion if they, as they see fit. Yeah. Uh, another subject we talked about yesterday, uh, Title Forty Two, federal court has uh, stayed. Title Forty Two being rescinded, which was supposed to happen on May twenty third. Uh, Mike writes in and says, uh, you had a caller yesterday that said a recent poll asked Mexican residents that if they could legally come to the United States without any problems, would they? And 90% said yes. Of course they would. 90% of the world would come to the United States if there was no immigration issues. Look at yourself. Look how you live, eat, and dress. Of course, the rest of the world wants what we have. If other countries had the riches we have, they would want to leave their homes any more than you would. How privileged are we? I, I would say we're pretty privileged as, as Americans compared to the rest of the world. Compared to most of the world, you bet. Yeah. I mean, there, there are even, you know, countries considered first world countries that, you know, I would much rather be here mm-hmm. with the freedoms we have and that, than have to live in some of the places, you know, that other people are where living they, that think that they have a great country. Where they don't have the courtesy to speak English? <laughs> no, not, not even not even English speaking countries. I, I'm talking first first world European countries that I wouldn't want to live in compared yeah, well, I know. compared to the United States. That, you know, places that people think, oh, this is a utopia. I'm talking, you know, like like Sweden, Switzerland, Netherlands that people, you know, mm-hmm. seem to like. And it's like, no, I don't want to be paying 70, 60, 70 percent in taxes. True. You know, that's my personal opinion. There may be people that do want to see the, you know, the exchange of paying yeah. that much in taxes for the, the stuff that you well, get from you your my, government. When my aunt moved over there, she married my uncle who is from Norway, and they moved over there for several years. And uh, one of the things they did while they were there was have a daughter. And it cost them from the, from the, from the day she found out she was expecting until uh, about six months after the baby was born, they paid nothing for anything was all just absolutely free. But again, you know, it's it's high yeah. taxes. But now they're still paying. <laughs> How old is their uh, child now? Uh, their child, uh, I think, is 42 now. Yeah. yeah. So for 42 years, they've just been paying higher taxes. So, you mean, it well, comes under that whole heading of nothing moved, is free. They moved back a long time ago. Oh, okay. Well, then they definitely took advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that whole thing. And, and, you know, we can talk a little bit more about this um, because uh, Biden, it, it seems, is is going to be, once again, trying to push through before the upcoming election, while he uh, still has control of the House and the Senate, um, getting rid of loans that students took out to go to college. Mm-hmm. For, liberal, forgiving liberal, those loans. Liberal causes? Oh, my. Who knew? <laughs> You, you don't forgive them. You just redistribute the, the money from somebody else to pay yeah. for that. Because it just doesn't, you don't just get to write them off and say, there, gone, done. There are repercussions. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, news coming up next at the bottom of the hour. You want to get through, you can also email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. 
Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. This is uh, either good news or fair warning to those of you who live in uh, Middleton, Canyon County. We're coming your way this Friday. (laughs) Depending on how you feel, it's either good news or bad news. Reinforce the chair. Hopefully it's good news, doubly good news, because not only will uh, will we be broadcasting live from 6 to 10 from the original Sunrise Cafe on Main Street, um, you can stop on by for breakfast. You also have a chance to uh, pick yourself up. Jackson's Country Stomp Tickets. We will give those away. And here's how that works. This is why this is such a great deal. The only people that will be in on this drawing, we're not, we're not taking all our listeners, the only people in on this drawing for the uh, Jackson Country Stomp Tickets, which will be going on at the Idaho Center Amphitheater in June, are people who stop by that morning for breakfast. You don't have to eat. You could just stop by. You'll download our app, and then before 10 o'clock, Chris and I will draw out one name as our grand prize winner. So it's a really, really easy chance for you to get your free tickets once again this Friday morning. Uh, also a chance to enjoy some great food. You got uh, chicken and waffles, biscuits and gravy, steak and eggs, and of course their famous pancake bar that you can uh, partake in. That's all this Friday morning. It is the Hometown Breakfast brought to you by our friends at Cloverdale Plumbing. We hope to see you there uh, once again 6 until 10 this coming Friday morning, another hometown breakfast slash handshake because we're allowed to shake hands again. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why we changed it. As to, long as we, you know, keep washing. It is it is interesting. It was a hometown handshake that we had to change to the hometown breakfast mm, yeah. because we weren't allowed because of COVID to sh- you know <laughs> touch people. So, but we're allowed to touch you now. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. We're allowed to shake your hands now. So, <laughs> hopefully, we'll you know only, let's get out of this. Only good touches though. <laughs> KVOI News Time, 636. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KVOI. 641, we were just talking about, you know, being glad that we live here in uh, the United States. You know, as, as much as... People here in the United States, as much as people here in Idaho complained about COVID regulations, having to wear masks that certain cities put into effect, uh, the fact that the, you know, complaining about the governor didn't, you know, stop private companies for requiring their employees to be vaccinated. You can be happy you don't live in China. Chinese, yeah, I think I already was, but what's up? Chinese citizens have been trapped in their own homes. Oh, yeah. Police have built fences now around the outsides of homes and apartment building in the world's strictest COVID lockdowns. People living in Shanghai woke up to a green fence that had been installed by authorities overnight to restrict people's movements as the city faces its worst coronavirus surge since the pandemic began. Remember, it began in 20, was it 2019 mm-hmm. in China. Because that's, that's how they named it, COVID-19. Those with fences outside their homes in a sealed area are not allowed to leave their property for any reason. That's whether they have the virus or not. So there, That's so the weird part. It's, it's simply a quarantine, and that's all there is to that. Yeah. Mm. It, it's like, wh- why are they quarantining people who are healthy? I don't, I don't get that. But, of course, I'm not a government official in China, so I don't understand their rules anyway. No one can get out, one citizen says. You don't know when the lockdown is going to end. If your area gets fenced off, what if a fire breaks out? I don't think anyone in their right mind can seal people in their homes. 
Apparently, uh, the government can because they did. <laughs> China has a zero COVID policy um, as it hopes to eradicate the virus from the country. I mean, if, if the house is on fire, they can go into the yard still, correct? Um, as long as they don't go past the fence, I don't okay. know where the, I don't know where the fence is. And in China, do they are they allowed to have yards? Uh, another good question. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I suppose the average Chinese street doesn't look like you know maple or elm here. It is interesting if they have zero tolerance policy on COVID. COVID started here. The rest of the country, the rest of the world is seeing, you know, COVID start to go away. Mm-hmm. Why, why, you know, since 2019 now, is China seeing their biggest surge of COVID ever? It, it seems weird, doesn't it? I'm uh, not a scientist. I'm not a medical doctor, but it just, ne- neither I have am questions. I. Neither am I, which is why it doesn't actually seem all that weird, but, you know. Well, I mean, if you, have, if you have a zero tolerance policy, it started there. The rest of the world is already starting to see COVID go away. Is it because of their zero-tolerance policy, and they don't have herd immunity as no, of yet? I doubt that. Uh, it's uh, it's probably because of the fact that uh, they have such a dense population. You know, so many, many, many more people than the United States all, you know, cramped into smaller cities. But, yeah, and I, and I get that. But if this started in 2019, why is it just surging now in 2022, three years later? That I do not know. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I. That, I mean, none of this makes sense to me. You have a zero tolerance policy yeah, on COVID. A- you. It started in that country. The rest of the world is recovering, and yet now you are seeing the biggest surge you've ever seen. It just. It just. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, an outbreak, a worldwide outbreak of anything, doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. KBY News Time 645. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. You want to check out the menu before you go so you don't have to sit there in line, mouth agape, trying to figure out exactly what you want because they have over 30 sandwiches for you to choose from. Get into uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli today. And before you go, check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Those Seattle Mariners continue to play well. Taking on last night a tough opponent in the Tampa Bay Rays, Seattle looked to improve their 10-6 and record. The pitch to Murphy. Swung on a check swing right at the first baseman Choi. He comes home with it. Bad throw. Safe as Winker as he slides home. Around third base. Here comes Suarez. A throw home. Not in time. He is safe, and the Mariners get two runs. Unbelievable. Check swing drives in two Mariners taking advantage of Tampa Bay's defense in the fourth inning. It is two to nothing M's. That was all part of a very big fourth inning for the Seattle Mariners, who got another big hit to break it open. Here's the pitch. Swung on a chop over choice head down the first baseline, rolling to the corner. One run's going to score. Here comes Murphy. Julio right behind him. He's going to score. Here's more around third base to throw home. He's not in time. Into third base goes Frazier. A bases clearing. Double for Frazier, and the Mariners have broken it open here in the fourth inning. And that goes as a big win for the Mariners in an 8-4 to victory over Tampa Bay. The Mariners are in first place in the American League West with a record of 11-6. and I'm Rick Worthington. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
By the way, we have another KBOI sweet deal coming your way this coming Friday morning at 9 o'clock. Might want to uh, set a reminder so that you don't miss out on this. DeLuca's Restaurant in downtown Boise in Bodo, uh, one of the only authentic Italian restaurants in downtown Boise. A sweet deal on sale, 50% off. DeLuca's gives you fine dining experience without the fine dining prices. Crab stuffed mushrooms, chicken parmigiana, New York strip steak, plus a full lineup of great Italian desserts also available. Uh, And that goes on sale once again this Friday morning, as all our sweet deals do, beginning at 9 o'clock. All you have to do is go to KBOI.com, click on that sweet deals link, and you can get the $50 gift certificate once again for only $25. It'll sell out quickly, so make sure you're there beginning right at 9 o'clock. If you want an even better deal than that, Start working in our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. When it comes to real estate, no matter what your needs, their professionals can help you at 208-888-4128. Costa Vita gift certificate up for grabs for you today. If you answer our question, don't call now. This will be coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Our question is, the U.S. is the fourth most forested nation in the world. Which nation is number one? This country has over 800 million hectares of forested land. Hmm. If you know the answer, stick around after 8 o'clock. If you can answer first, you win. In Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Boise City Council has approved a controversial proposed homeless shelter on State Street. The council okayed Interfaith Sanctuary's application in a 4-2 vote late Monday night for a conditional use permit as long as roughly 30 conditions are met, including not exceeding 205 bed capacity. Of the many conditions, Interfaith will be required to report back to the Boise City Council after its first six months of occupancy and then provide an annual compliance report to council members. Boise Mayor Lauren McLean says she's committed to ensuring the city has resources to address permanent homeless solutions. Surprised by that? Uh, The the 30 uh, (laughs) hoops they have to jump through? Not at all. No, I'm I'm just talking about the general... I I was uh, surprised that it was okayed in the first place. The general uh, overturning of the decision by the Planning and Zoning Commission. Yeah. A little surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because not in my backyard now comes to your backyard. <laughs> or even your front yard. I, I'm i going to go out on a limb here and make a prediction. I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but I'm going to say this isn't over. No, you're probably right. There will more than likely be an appeal from those who... Uh, oh, I don't... I don't think it's the appeal. I think don't it's like the lawsuit. Oh, a lawsuit. Okay. I think a lawsuit is coming. Okay. There will be a, <laughs> a lawsuit, which might not be a, have any appeal. The uh, council voted 4-2 to two, um, with Patrick Badgent and Lucy Willits opposed to allowing the shelter. This is the shelter that we've been talking about um, for the last few months, 4306 West State Street. The decision which provides interfaith a conditional use permit Came after 11 p.m. on Monday. They had seven hours of discussion on Monday alone, and that in, doesn't include the three previous days of discussion, or, or four days, I'm sorry, four days of hearings mm-hmm. last week. So four days of hearings last week, and then Monday night before the vote, there were seven hours of discussion on this. 
Opponents have argued the shelter would bring noise, crime, and other problems in the neighborhood. More than 100 people attended that meeting on Monday in person. 216 were watching online as the vote was taken. Executive Director Jody Peterson Steigers said the decision was uh, her birthday wish come true. Hmm. Like I said, I think she may be counting her chickens before they hatch because I I think this could be held up in court. But it was her birthday then. It was her birthday, apparently. Terrific. Yeah. Your thoughts, if you'd like to weigh in, 208-336-3700. Love to hear from people in that uh, area who live in that area that did not want to see this because they uh, fear more crime. But uh, at least if they meet those uh, conditions, there will be a uh, new homeless shelter being built. Mm-hmm. Another story, uh, this this surprises me. I, I knew that we have probably seen more homelessness in Ada County. Over the past few years, I I didn't realize it was this much. Back in 2019, Boise Ada County Homeless Coalition did a point-in-time count of those experiencing homelessness. They're required to do so, and they're required to do this during the last 10 days in January by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. So they did this count on the night of January 23rd, 2019. And they counted the number of people sheltered and unsheltered. Statewide, there were 2,315 men, women, and children experiencing homelessness, 713 in Ada County alone. And according to CATCH, which stands for Charitable Assistance to Communities Homeless, well, that number has more than doubled in the last three years. Doubled? Wow. In three years. And with what we have seen here most recently with the prices of homes, the prices of apartments, mm-hmm. the prices of renting even a room have gone up appreciably even in the in the last year. Um, I don't think you're you're gonna see this level out anytime soon. No, probably not. So what's the answer? <laughs> I mean, if you have that much homelessness, people I mean, we've talked about this before. People absolutely and I'm in agreement with you, do not want these people living in tents on the street, on the sidewalks. Um, for the most part, they don't want homeless people living in tents yeah. as they did for the first three months of this year down next to the Capitol building. Based on what happens in those tents, I, I pretty much don't want that either. This seems like it's going to be a bigger and bigger problem because, as we mentioned, people don't want these homeless shelters in their neighborhood. Yeah. And I totally get that. If you if you live in a neighborhood, you know, it may not be something that you want next next to you. Where do you where do you hide them? Because that's basically what you're doing. You'd have to put them in uh, an industrial area. Uh probably need you know, not one with a lot of foot traffic, like uh, maybe a warehouse area, something like that. And then you wonder if they do put these in industrial areas, will they be used? Well, that's true. Because the reason the reason they're usually in down the downtown areas of most cities is because that's just where people congregate. Right. Industrial areas usually are industrial areas because they're far away from people. Exactly. So will But that's exactly where most people want to put these things is far away from other people. Yeah. But will homeless people take advantage of homeless shelters that could be miles and miles away from, you know, where they want to be. Yeah. 
You know, if you want to go into downtown Boise, or you're going to travel five miles if you don't have a way to travel or, or more to get back to a homeless shelter every day, or will you just say it's not worth my time and I'm just going to be in my tent here anyway? I, I can't tell you what a homeless person is thinking. Uh, all I would be thinking was indoors, anywhere, any place, you know. Yeah. So some place with a roof and maybe some heat. Well, and we had we had heard that Interfaith Sanctuary, um, you know, basically had run out of space throughout this winter, which was part of the problem. Um, they want a bigger space to move to than where their current location is in downtown Boise. Now, Boise Rescue Mission, all the time that Interfaith Sanctuary said that they didn't have space, Boise Rescue Mission said that they still had plenty of beds for people to go, but uh, apparently um, people like Interfaith Sanctuary, when they are homeless, much better because it doesn't have near as high a bar to stay in. You're so beg- allowed to fight and do drugs. I don't know. So beggars can be chisers. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Uh, Blake writes in, Mike, at KBY.com. So I heard that Boise City Council approved the new Interfaith Sanctuary State Street location because they fully endorsed Title 48 being lifted and are requesting busloads of illegals to be shipped to Boise. I heard this from a very, very reliable source. So get ready, Boise. Unless it was actually Jody I would like Steiger's. To, yeah, so. I would like to know who your reliable source is that busloads of illegals are now going to be shipped to Boise because Interfaith Sanctuary is going to be opening up a new location. I, that that sounds a it, little incredible yeah, to it, me. It, it doesn't sound right. Well, it doesn't sound uh, completely without precedent, but uh, you know, the, 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 the idea is not to open up a center and then try to invite three times as many homeless people to town. You have to take care of the ones that are already here. That's the point of the center. Yeah, Blake, I would love to hear who your very, very reliable source would be. I <laughs> I don't know if that would make a difference on, on how incredible that sounds or not, but I, w- I would like, if it is a, a really credible source, is it, you know, someone who would have knowledge because they're involved in it, mm-hmm. or is it just somebody goes, oh, no, I've talked to somebody who talked to somebody whose neighbor's sister's brother um, said this was going to happen. It's probably that same person who uh, keeps telling people that every political discussion they don't agree, or every every political decision they don't agree with, is, is designed specifically to uh, uh, destroy this country. Eventually, they may be true. I keep asking people, "Were you trying to destroy this country?" And they keep <laughs> telling me no. So. Uh, 208-336-3700. Time for another Check on Sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in for lunch today. Uh, and today, another one of those soup-type days. One of their popular soups. Jalapeno bacon, potato cheddar. All for your all for your enjoyment. They open up at 1030. Good morning. More accolades for Boise State softball. Boise State's Mackenzie Hanna was named the Mountain West Softball Freshman of the Week. Conference announced just Tuesday. She's a native of Chino Hills, California. She hit 500 during a three-game sweep of San Jose State over the weekend. In that series opener, she led off the fifth inning with a pinch-hit single, which sparked a two-run rally in what turned out to be an 8 nothing mercy rule victory. The Broncos trailed 3 to nothing in the fourth inning of Game 2 when Hannah came up, singled with one out, and scored in Allison Sang, or in front of her home run, I should say, and then Boise State rallied to win that game 4-3. to Hannah also earned her second start of the weekend in Sunday's series finale and delivered a home run in that game as well as four RBI, led the Broncos to a 10-1 mercy rule in that victory. Again, the Broncos were 3-0 and on the weekend, and Mackenzie Hannah is now the Mountain West Softball Freshman of the Week. I'm Rick Worthington. 
time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Well, after a big sell-off yesterday on the stock market, looks like we're going to be up a, a little bit this morning. Uh, futures are up 187 points on the uh, Dow, and if that, if we can just take that times five, we'll gain almost everything back we lost yesterday. Well, that's don't all look we have at your to four- do. That, <laughs> don't look at your 401ks, gentlemen. Uh, keep putting money in there. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's you know looking at the month at this month so far, it, it's been the worst worst month of April for the S and P 500 since 1970. Now good news or maybe bad news is there's still three more days left which could you know have a slight turnaround which we're looking at a, at a modestly um positive open here thus far and that was largely due to you know you're starting to have these big mega cap technology companies report earnings so specifically we had uh alphabet and we had microsoft reporting earnings so alphabet is the parent company of google and good news is microsoft did beat expectations so that it's up about over four percent in pre-market trading um, but Alphabet was the opposite. They did have a miss on YouTube revenue. So it's good to see that we did get a little bit of ballast because technology sector sold off the most yesterday. And this is because the market's really trying to price in or really speculative of the Federal Reserve just putting a halt to everything. Th- that they're going to come in so aggressive because inflation is untamable that they're going to have to raise interest rates at a rate and do quantitative tightening, meaning... <clears throat> They, they've been buying, they've been buying bonds. They've been buying U.S. Treasuries. They're going to start unwinding their balance sheet. So they're factoring all these dynamics in and saying, "Hey, we see some headwinds across, uh, across the uh, the horizon over here. Let's reprice these stocks, especially these big technology stocks that just, you know, from the market standpoint, they got so overvalued from all the money that got put into the system over the past two years. Because if you're looking at the U.S. money supply, it's increased over, oh, it's increased by fifty percent." Over the past three years, that's the largest three-year increase increase ever. And if you look at previous times where we've had increases by by even close to that amount, which was over 40 percent back in 1973 and back in 1977 through 78, <clears throat> the results were high inflation, high inflation, recessions, and bear markets. Right. Well, we've already seen high inflation. We've already seen bear markets, and the recession conversation is anyone's guess at this point. And how deep the recession is is anyone guess, but. At the end of the day, this volatility will continue until we actually get some some action taken by the Federal Reserve, which is right around the corner. Um, if we see some better inflation numbers, we could see this turn around a bit. But at the end of the day, assure your investment actions are matching your reason for investing. Meaning, if you're a long-term investor, put money in your 401k, retirement, keep it going. Because over the long run, these dips, these these big pullbacks in the market are great. You're buying things at a low, your dollar cost averaging in. <clears throat> so... Well, it might hurt to see all that red on the screen. Generally, this is good where you need, you know we need this. Without any risk, there's no return. So seeing the market cool off is expected and, and needed. This may be a um, you know, question for time when we have a little bit more time to talk, maybe tomorrow even. But w- with inflation, you know where it's at right now, what, 8.5%? Um, if, if inflation remains high, what, what do people... I mean, because if you have money, it's just sitting in your, your savings account, you're losing money every month. Is there a way to invest that someplace else? Like, should should people be investing in commodities? I mean, wheat's going up, gold's going up. I mean, is there some way to protect, uh, a safe way to protect about an inflation and losing that cash value? 
historically the one of the I mean some of your best I guess flights in a high inflation and high inflationary environment to kind of hedge it has been commodities right so and it's been utilities and it's been the real estate sector right so real estate investment trusts those historically have been good places to hedge to hedge against this inflation because you're right if you're in a, if you're in that high cash position at the bank you're just it's getting eaten away just by the cost of living so how can you buoy against this now when, tomorrow let's chat about it because there is a there is a, a an investment vehicle known as an I bond that I want to explain that could be a great place where if you have cash and you want to keep it conservative an I bond might be the just the spot to do it and if we have time tomorrow let's chat about it all right sounds good Jeremiah uh, looks like we are gonna open up at least in positive territory uh, the Dow and stock market gets uh, opened up here in just a couple minutes we'll get an update from you in about an hour and talk to you tomorrow morning thanks gents Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Boise City Council has approved a controversial proposed homeless shelter on State Street. The council okayed Interfaith Sanctuary's application in a 4-2 vote late Monday night for a conditional use permit as long as roughly 30 conditions are met, including not exceeding 205 bed capacity. Of the many conditions, Interfaith will be required to report back to the Boise City Council after its first six months of occupancy and then provide an annual compliance report to council members. Boise Mayor Lauren McLean says she's committed to ensuring the city has resources to address permanent homeless solutions. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. You can also uh, text us, same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Mark writes in, uh, mike at kby.com, says, quit, no, say, screwing around, flock shooting for a solution and pool the energies and resources and build a planned community for the homeless and those in between, whatever their issue, and build it near an existing resource like the state penitentiary. Just my two cents worth. Hmm. John says, just wondering why is it Alaska doesn't have folks living on the streets? Actually, Alaska, or Anchorage, the largest city in Alaska, has about 1,100 permanent uh, homeless people people that uh, live there. And part of the problem, and, and it's the same thing here, it, it, you know, we would probably even have a higher amount of homeless here in Boise and Anchorage if it didn't get to, you know, zero in the winter and, and have, you know, four to six inches of, of snow at the time. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be, a, you know, a good deterrent. But as you just mentioned, even in Alaska, yeah. where temperatures can get well below zero during the winter time, if they still have a homeless population. Obviously, you don't want to be homeless. You should do everything you can not to be homeless. But if you find yourself homeless, you know, figure out some way to get to Honolulu, San Diego, Las Vegas, you know, something like that, where at least the weather will be nice. Text message at 208-336-3700 uh, writes, doesn't Boise need a new cop shop? Build the new homeless shelter on top of the new cop shop, two buildings for the price of one. Not only that, but any complaints that you have that you know of crime and having to call police and have them visit, the police would be right there. That might be a deterrent in themselves. <laughs> I'd, I'd just as soon build it above my house then. 
Uh, James right in says, so I heard uh, you mentioned that in the latest or in the last three years, our homeless count has doubled in the Boise area, though it may be just coincidental. Lauren McLean was elected mayor in 2019. A Democrat of all people, multiple cities that are run by Democratic mayors are inundated with homeless people with no improvement in sight. Coincidental? Possibly. This was just my thought after hearing those stats this morning. The uh, previous mayor, however, was also a Democrat and I think had been serving since roughly 2002 or 2003. So not that much changed between the last mayor and this one. 208-336-3700. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to continue to weigh in, uh, please feel free. In the meantime, let's get another uh, check on uh, what's going on with sports one more time this morning. With Rick Worthington, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Uh, get in and find out why so many people love Fat Guys. So many people, as a matter of fact, that it has been rated the number one deli in the state by Yelp. Get in today and find out. They're open up at 1030, just in time for lunch for you. Good morning. Some news in college sports as the NCAA announced Tuesday that their president, Mark Emmert, will be stepping down once his replacement is selected or June 30th of next year, whichever comes first. On ESPN's Paul Feinbaum show, Feinbaum says it's about time. There is an exhale right now in college athletics about this that Mark Emmert is finally done. He's not done soon enough, according to most people in the in the bubble, but he is done. Feinbaum went on to say this does create a battle for who is going to be the person to take over. It will set up a battle for who is either the caretaker of an organization that is now obsolete or can the people that run this organization find someone who who, who actually exer- exhibits leadership, uh, which, some, which is something that Mark Emmert never did. Now, the decision on Emmert comes at a time when major college sports are being transformed by name, image, and likeness rights, and the transfer portal as well, which allows athletes to change schools one time without any penalty. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752 East Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning and being a part of the show. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by calling us and participating at 208-336-3700. Toll-free 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon phone, just hit pound 670. You can uh, email us, mike at kby.com, chris at kby.com. You can also text us, same as our main number. Update on the uh, stock market this morning. It looks like we're getting a little bit of bounce back after uh, yesterday's huge sell-off. Uh, the Dow's up 341 points, Standard & Poor up 40 points, NASDAQ up 200 points as <laughs> of right now. Still, good, good for NASDAQ. Still still as much as they're up, uh, nowhere close to what the sell-off was yesterday, getting back to even. But mm-hmm. at least it's a little bit of good news uh, here this morning. So there you go. Uh, this winter had a lot of Idaho Outfitter and Guides Associations a little worried about whether or not they would have a full season to be able to raft some of the most popular rafting rivers in the entire world. You know that, right? Most mm-hmm. people know that uh, Idaho is is a huge... I've been rafting. Huge, You've been rafting. Yeah, river rafting. Some of the best rivers literally in the world that people um, travel around to uh, raft down are right here in, Ad- in Idaho. Um, they were worried about uh, 
having enough water to continue all the way through the upcoming rafting season. But since April 1st, Payette River Basin has now jumped 18% of uh, water. And uh, and when I say water, snow in the mountains, the water that is in that particular snow, it's now at 84% of average um, for a snow equivalent for this time of year, which Mm -hmm. still, still is below average, but man... It, it, you're, you were looking at earlier, just a month ago, at only being 64% of average. Salmon River Basin is up 12%. They're now at 90%. And Clearwater Basin rose 16%, now at 101% of average this year. Most of, uh, from north central to north Idaho now, is at 95 or 100%. After just a month ago, there was no place in the state even close to 100% of, of snowpack. I told you yesterday, I haven't heard anybody complain about the wind uh, or you know snow in the mountains, anything. Every person I, I have talked to about it simply says, uh, hey, we need it. Yeah, I as much as I would like to not have the cool temperatures so that I could play a little more golf, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'll play in cold weather. Uh, I'll take days off for it's raining and snowing because every little bit is, is going to be counting. Um, Idaho, as I mentioned, has some of the uh, best multi-day rivers in the country, including the main salmon, middle fork of the salmon, Selway, and Hell's Canyon, just uh, a few of the highest-rated rafting rivers in the entire world. Um, but as I mentioned, um, a lot of the snowpack just in April alone, there's still a few days left. We've got another storm system supposedly supposed to be coming in later tonight and into tomorrow. And, and it probably will. Yeah. When, when, when bad weather is predicted, uh, it doesn't ever pass us by like sometimes good weather does. I know I've, you know, complained about the wind. I, I would be okay with the wind leaving. Wind, wind doesn't help us with snow, snowpack and water. So, you know, God, Almighty God, who's in charge of uh, Mother Nature, your, your, your you can just get rid of wind. Your neighbors love it because it gets rid of uh, their tumbleweeds. <laughs> the the numbers to the uh, the neighbors to the south of us love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the neighbors to the to the south of me don't love it because they blow right through my yard. Well, they're into getting their rid yard. of they're getting rid of your tumbleweeds. Yeah. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to get through this morning. Uh, programming note, we uh, told you yesterday that Congressman Russ Fulcher was going to be with us uh, coming up here at 835. Um, he had congressional business that he had to take care of this morning. I don't know if it was a vote or whatever, but uh, his uh, point person uh, texted me late last night, said that uh, he needed to uh, change that. So we have officially changed that. Uh, he will still be with us, but it will be tomorrow morning, um, just after 9 o'clock instead of this morning uh, after 8.30. Now, if you have questions for the congressman, still would like to get those in, you have until tomorrow morning when we talk to them, please feel free. If you have a question you'd like to make sure that we ask the congressman when we talk to him, email us, mike at kby.com or chris at kby.com. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up Friday, don't forget, we are headed to Canyon County. Middleton will be our location. Location Central will be the uh, original Sunrise Cafe in Middleton on Main, just uh, there by the fire station. We invite everybody to come on out for the hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Fantastic uh, breakfast items for you to partake in if you would like. Um, They've got great coffee. And don't forget, we have Jackson's Country Stomp tickets that you'll be able to win. And only those people who show up Friday morning will be in on that grand prize drawing. But somebody will get that pair of tickets before 10 o'clock Friday morning. So hopefully we'll see you there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Coming up here in 20 minutes, um, we've got free food up for grabs for you once again. A lot of it, too. Costa Vita. $50 uh, in gift certificate to Costa Vita will get you uh, a lot of food. Plenty, plenty to feed your family and uh, probably take some home if you would like. Our question to work on, the U.S. is the fourth most forested nation in the world. question today is, which nation is number one? Give you a hint. This uh, country has over 800 million hectares of forested land. If you know the answer, stick around. So we said it's not the Vatican City. No, not. Uh, 20 minutes from now, we'll give you a chance to win at 208-336-3700. It's the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Anything you need help with real estate-wise, give them a call today. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Oh, the Dow just a few minutes ago was up 341 points. <laughs> well, where is it now? Uh, 173. Oh, wow. Just so you before, mean it's... Just before the, top of the hour, so you mean 341. In, in the past few minutes, it's plunged uh, 170. Then. I, I blame us. We shouldn't have mentioned it. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah, because you know, I mean, you know, you know how nature works. When you speak about something, that's when it exists. Exactly. Hey, at least it's still in the green. Oops, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Now, watch, stock market's going here. Hold my beer. How would that's, you? That's an odd shade of green, <laughs> sort of a crimson. I, uh, I I wasn't aware of of this until this story, and I want to talk I, I talk about this because to me it just doesn't seem fair. Did you know that? Airline flight attendants are not paid for the entire time that they're working. I did not know that. I did not know that either. Does that mean that, uh, well, no, okay, apparently they're working, but they're not getting paid? They're working, but they don't get paid all the time that they're working. So they don't get paid by the hour, obviously. They get paid by the hour. Oh, they do? Yes, but they don't get paid for certain hours that they're working because they don't consider that working apparently the airlines the only reason i know this Which is part? because flight attendants uh at delta airline are getting a raise not because they're getting a raise on the uh, amount that they get paid delta airlines is changing the way that their cabin crews and flight attendants will get paid currently delta along with almost all other airlines do not pay their flight attendants and cabin crews until everyone has sat down, and the doors are closed on the cabin. That's when the uh, that's when the pay begins right then. So okay. w- when you think about that's that, that's when you begin accumulating money. Right. All right. So all that time that they're working, because they are working to when, get people when on people the plane, are yeah. on the plane, you know, it takes, what, 40 minutes to an hour to board mm-hmm. everybody and get everybody closed and then to close the doors. They don't get paid for that. And, and when you consider that, Airline flights sometimes have three and four stops in a daytime. You know, you're talking three or four hours that flight attendants don't get paid for from the time that the door, you know, opens when they land to the time it closes before so they why, take off again. Why then is it structured that they're on an hourly salary? Why, I mean, or hourly rate? Why don't they just, you know, this is how much I make in a month? I have no clue. I, I mean, think about this. Think about if you and I, Chris. And I'll throw our our producer in on this. You know, we get salary. Our producer gets paid by the hour. But think about this. Nobody on the show gets paid until the mic gets cracked open for the first time at 6.06. 
every morning. You only get paid from six oh six to so, nine fifty five. So we would so we would then uh, switch to hourly, and so we'd get uh, close to four hours a day, and that's all. That would, that would be okay. it. Even though so, we're we're here working, well, it, we're so prepping we for the show, we're we doing get, production. We wouldn't get paid then for uh, preparation uh, or preparation for the next day. Yeah, think about that. I I mean, that just shocked me when I saw this story. Um, Delta Airlines, by the way, is one of the first. And it'll be interesting to watch now if other airlines follow suit. Um, they're going to change beginning on June second the rate of pay during boarding to start paying. Now, they're still not going to get paid full price. They're only going to get paid 50% of what they would normally make if they're in the air, which still to me is just crazy because that would be like you and I going, hey, until the mics are cracked, we're here working, but we're only going to get paid half of what we would normally get paid. Think Mm -hmm. about that for anybody listening this morning. You know, it doesn't matter what job that you're, you're doing. You're digging ditches. You're building houses. You don't actually get paid Unless you pick up your hammer to start hammering. This is a good point. It, it, it's just absolutely crazy. Part of this reason, by the way, is because Delta pilots right now represented by a union, but flight attendants are not, and there are, are attempts coming up to organize the flight attendants. So far, they have failed, um, but this could be one of the things that Delta is doing to try to keep the union out of their uh, flight attendants' uh, business and keeping them from, from joining the uh, union. By the way, this pay... Uh, they're going to be doing, which it's not really a pay raise. It's just paying them for the job they're already doing is on top of the 4% raise that uh, they got last month. So mm. looks like, I mean, th- this isn't free money. If you wonder why your flights are going to be more expensive, th- our, this goes into that. Are our, our flight attendants uh, compensated for hotels and things like that when they're on the road? I believe and, and the, by the, by the yeah, road, I mean I, in the air. I believe that they get, there, I could be wrong. A flight attendant could be listening this morning, but I think that that's they, all taken they, care of by their a per diem. Or, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never hung out with a flight attendant. Yeah, so I, th- I, I think that when they're staying in hotels, that they're put up by the uh, company. I, th- I think. But I mean, Southwest does the same thing. United does the same thing. They don't pay their flight attendants or crew members until the doors are closed. Everybody is sat down. That's hmm. just a. Absolutely, just absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, put everybody on salary and tell them uh, here are the maximum or here are the minimum number of hours you're supposed to work. Keep it within that. Mm-hmm. And this is what you will make. And I th- I still think, well, and, and see, and I don't even know for sure. I know that that the pilots can only work for so many hours. I think, I be- no, I know it is because. Um, it's crew, yeah. To, yeah, general crew, crew are only allowed to work a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've had friends, and I think my wife even had a flight canceled one time because it got to be like 11 o'clock at night. They're on the plane sitting there, and they get told, hey, the flight isn't going to take off tonight. We need you to deplane. And everybody's like, why? And it's like, because we've now reached our maximum hours. We can't take off now. That's where the little guy comes out and tells everybody, deplane, deplane. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you'd like to weigh in. Um, uh, did you... This is just absolutely crazy to me, too. And speaking of another crazy story, um, Quiznos, and, and we we know because we've talked about Fat Guys Fresh Deli going to be opening up a new um, location, and it's going to be in the Quiznos that has recently closed down on Overland Road. And it's interesting. I didn't realize there were no more Quiznos in Idaho. This is the last yeah, I Quiznos. Haven't, I haven't been to one in a while. 
This is the last Quiznos in the entire state of Idaho that closed down I, at 2250 East Gowan Road. There, there used to be one about six blocks from our house, and I went there quite frequently, and the reason was I like toasted sandwiches. As yeah. recently as uh, 2019, Quiznos had nearly 5,000 locations. You know what they have now? Uh, 500? 255. Ooh, half of that, even. They're, hmm. say, they're, they're saying that this could be one of the nation's largest, um, I guess, failures of a business ever. I mean, you go from 5,000, within five years, you go from 5,000 to 255. I love, I, there's, their sandwiches were great. Yeah. The toasted sub sandwiches were mm-hmm. great. I just didn't, I guess, realize that, uh, they were now officially done. Um, I bring that up partly because we've been talking about the, uh, Quiznos space at, uh, Gowan Road. That's where Fat Guys Fresh Deli will very soon, probably within the next month or so, be opening up their new location. So they'll have two locations. So it'll be another subway, uh, another sandwich shop, but, Quiznos, no longer available in the entire state of Idaho. You're going to have to go to Oregon or Washington. Or, or, and this is a possibility, go to a different food place. There you go. KBY News Time is 8.15. Stick around. Coming up here next, we'll get to our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question for you. We've got a $50 gift certificate uh, once again to give away to Costa Vida this morning. Stick around. Your chance to win that on the way after traffic. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 821, Casper and Chris, Damn Your Impossible Question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, for all your real estate needs. Plenty of uh, experts through offices throughout the Treasure Valley to serve you. All you have to do is help on buying, selling, maybe investing in real estate. Give them a call today, 208 888-4128. 888-4128. Brian's going to get first crack at our question today. $50 gifts to get for you at Costa Vida. Brian, if you can answer this question, the U.S. is the fourth most forested, forested nation in the world. Which nation is number one? Uh, I'm going to have to say Russia. Well, you don't have to, but is that a, is that your answer? You can, you can say anything you want. All right. <laughs> Russia is correct. Yes. Yay. 815 million hectares of uh, forested land. Brazil is second, followed by Canada and then the U.S. And in the U.S., this is kind of a cool story. The uh, total forested area has increased by 18 million acres since 1990. On average, that's around 12,000 NFL football fields every single day that we increase our forested land by. In uh, Russia right now, actually not in Russia, but near Russia right now, they're trying to increase the uh, Russian forest and a whole bunch of other land as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're, they're trying to increase the forest by bombing the hell out of it and getting rid of it. <laughs> Hang on the line. Brian, we got a $50 gift certificate for you uh, to Costa Vida. And we don't forget, if you didn't get through this morning, two more days for you to win uh, tomorrow morning and Friday morning. Don't forget, Friday morning, We'll be broadcasting live. Another hometown breakfast brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing coming your way. Headed to Canyon County, Middleton. We're coming your way this coming Friday. So for those of you who have been emailing, texting, and calling, hey, when are you going to come to Canyon County? Here we come. Middleton, the original Sunrise Cafe on Main Street. Uh, once again, right next to the uh, fire station. You cannot miss this. It all happens coming up this coming Friday morning, 6 until 10. And don't forget, Jackson's Country Stomp. Concert tickets coming up in June at the Idaho Center Outdoor Amphitheater. We'll have a pair of those tickets to give away. And that will be just for people who show up. 
for breakfast on Friday morning, and we'll draw the grand prize winner before we are done at 10 o'clock. So hopefully we will see you there. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through, chance to do that. We've got news coming up here next at the bottom of the hour. You can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Boise Mall security provider has been cited in a shooting investigation by the Department of Labor. This is the uh, shooting that happened last October that killed 26-year-old security guard Joe Acker. We'll talk about this and get your thoughts on uh, whether or not you think enough is done with this fine. Could it be more? Could there be more in the future that would help to stop this? We'll get your thoughts on the way here in just about 10 minutes on News Talk KBOI. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, it didn't take long this morning. Everything was looking pretty good for a while on the uh, stock market. Dow is now down in the red. Half an hour ago, it was up 340 points. <laughs> this could make you dizzy. A um, couple of emails in uh, here over the last half hour haven't got to yet. Doug writes in, ever wonder why the rest of the uh, Treasure Valley doesn't have a homeless problem? Maybe no shelters. If you build it, they will come. The people of Boise deserve what they get due to poor choices at the ballot box. Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, move over. Boise is on the way down. The the homeless shelter doesn't precede the homeless people, though. The reason the homeless shelter was located here in the first place is because there were homeless people. I would also say there are other homeless in the Treasure Valley besides just in downtown Boise. Rob writes in and says, a different subject, how many tapes have to be made public proving that Republicans knew that Trump was responsible for inciting violence to overthrow the government for uh, Department of Justice to indict this moronic threat to our democracy? Rob, not a Trump fan. And once again, what is inciting? You know, that's where you get into semantics. Do you blame the person that said something, or do you blame the person that actually did the rioting? I mean, if I tell you, hey, Chris, you need to go rob a bank. Am I inciting you to go rob a bank, or uh, if you rob a bank, is it your fault? It's a Charles Manson rule. They put him in prison for life, and he didn't actually personally kill anyone. Uh, Ryan writes in, hi, Mike, been following the Aaron Von Ellinger news lately and the peripheral stuff around it with concerning his friends in the state house and what they did. I actually have not. I mean, I, I've read what's going on. I haven't been following it super closely um, because, of course, there's a much more important case to be following along, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> have, you, have you paid attention to this trial at all? I get the feeling they didn't like one another much. You think? Kind of weird they were married in the so, first place. That's what I thought. Um, it was kind of funny yesterday. I, I watched this. I want to take a listen to this. Um, this is one of Amber Heard's lawyers. Um, objecting to his own line of questioning. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a fight. (laughs) Take take a listen. You didn't know what could cause damage to Mr. Depp's hand while you were there on March 8th, correct? Dr. Kipper told me he sustained an injury on Uh, one of his fingers. uh, Rejection, hearsay. Wait, you you asked the question. Okay, okay. Okay. he sustained an injury to his finger. Yes. (laughs) That that, that is funny. That was the judge going, but you you asked asked the question. question. (laughs) 
if you don't want hearsay, don't ask the question. That's See, that's the court case that I'm paying attention what to. What did he tell you? He told me that. No, hearsay. <laughs> no, hearsay. Well, don't ask him the stupid question. What's what's the rule uh, if you're a lawyer? Don't ask the question if you don't, oh, don't, know, don't ask, already yeah. know the exactly. answer Exactly. You, you, you never ask a question if you don't already know the answer. Um, by the way, the uh, court case with Aaron Von Ellinger um, continues again today, day number three. Um, and I... I have been paying a little bit of attention to it. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not watching the case. There's not audio cuts and, uh, of the case that's going on, but I have been reading about it. Um, a little disconcerting on on some of the things that uh, are are coming out. Let's just put it this way. But I will wait um, once again until the uh, verdict is in. The uh, case will continue on until the week. We'll- so you have nothing to say about it till then. No, not really. Okay. Um, some of the stuff, just the descriptions, it, it, we can't we can't even talk about just because we would get in trouble with the FCC mm-hmm. for mentioning it on the radio. A tad graphic. You, you and I were talking off air about one of those subjects um, a little bit earlier this morning. I don't know what's going to happen, even based on what's, you know, not being in the case to, to court to hear everything. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but yes, I, it, you know, I was kind of half joking. I'm not following along to the uh, actual minute by minute that is going on with it, but yes, I do get updates and and uh, read about what is happening in the case at the end of every day. You know, when I keep seeing it, I don't see it on the news programs that I watch, and I don't, uh, you know, look at any entertainment uh, or listen to any uh, entertainment uh, programs or anything like that on the internet. It just every every once in a while it pops up, you know, as one of those, uh, you know, they they try like clickbait. Yeah, wait till you hear the latest yeah. thing that Amber Heard said about yeah. Johnny Depp. Then you are supposed to click. I normally don't, but you know the headlines in my mind now. Objection hearsay. Exactly. You you asked the question. I heard myself say that. Um, text like message. To apologize to the court. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred says McLean did it again. Did an end around the planning and zoning commission. Maybe she could uh, loan a portion of her security detail to the affected neighborhoods. As we mentioned earlier this morning, and we, we talked about this uh, early in our show, uh, this isn't going to be the end of it. I I can almost I don't have any inside knowledge, but I can almost. 99.9% guarantee that there is going to be a lawsuit filed on this to stop it. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Nell in Eagle. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Yeah, I wanted to chime in a little bit about um, about the homeless situation. So I just moved my family from San Jose, California, up to, to Eagle to get away from uh, this particular problem. And I can tell you this is 100% always a slow creep. And homeless people go to places where they know that there's a sympathetic uh, citizenship around this issue. Uh, Where I uh, moved from San Jose, it is so bad now because of the policies there um, that really accelerated after uh, Trump's election. Um, It's disastrous. If you build shelters, more will come. And um, they will try to uh, distribute shelters within the communities and it 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 brings such crime i can't even tell you where i lived was so peaceful quiet well kept now there are homeless uh, encampments and shelters in every median 
there is just so much crime now and drug abuse is everywhere. You do not want shelters. So you must get out and vote. If you don't, this is going to be in your backyard. Interesting. So you you truly believe that if you build shelters, the homeless will come because of the shelters being there, not the other way around. Exactly. I tell you, I I witnessed this. I I saw it. Um, We we now have when we left California in in the community we lived in, we now have mobile uh, mobile uh, homes parked in every shopping center, in every business community and that kind of thing because they know that the policies of the local mayor and the district supervisors um, is absolutely just to turn their backs on it. And then Gavin Newsom had the gall to go out and say, oh, this is an organized situation against us. Are you kidding me? It's your policies that created this. And it will happen here. It will definitely happen here. And it makes me really nervous because I, again, it's I've seen some really bad things happen here. You guys have a we now because I I live here, but Idahoans have let in Amazon, Meta, uh, Boise State with CRT. I, I talked about this a few weeks back. This is a so a slow creep. The the homeless fix, in my opinion, uh, and I think homeless when you talk about it, somewhat of a misnomer because you have to talk about the specific group you're identifying within that homeless pie chart. Um, It's a distributed problem and it's a distributed fix to this. And I think there's, um, it's less valuable to have a distributed fix than it is a more centralized model uh, in most cases. What do you think will come? What do you think in your opinion then uh, would, would be the answer to this question? Well, first of all, I, I look at this and I say, so when you talk about the homeless, um, do you have a good feel for what the makeup of what we call, quote, quote, homeless is? And then take a look at each slice of that pie and say, what are reasonable options to do that? I can tell you that one of the unreasonable options is to distribute this within the different within different communities. You don't build homeless shelters. So what you do is. Uh, for certain groups, like the mentally ill, first of all, if they're out on the street, why? Um, is it a funding issue? We don't have enough staff. We don't have the right kind of support mechanisms. Let's go fix that problem first, right? If it's people out of work, which is tough to believe here in the economies we have today, there's lots of jobs out there who need a little bit of assistance, then let's get a centralized place where we can get them in, house them for a little bit, manage them, monitor it, measure it so we know where our dollars are going, and then get them back out in the community and that kind of thing, right? For the people that have, you know, um, uh, just they're coming from other states to find a home, hey, we've got to be able to uh, help those people get back to those states and find out why they're having problems and why do they need to come, you know, to Idaho, you know, to, to feel like they can find shelter here they should be able to do it in their home in their home states so it's a multi-pronged approach neil thank you for the call thank you for your uh, input and thoughts this morning sure welcome 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless remember if you missed any part of casper and chris this morning check out their podcast on the kboi app or on kboi.com now back to mike casper and chris walton this is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. In news, the U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration 
proposed a fine of over $14,000 for the security company at the Boise Town Square Mall for the fatal shooting of a security officer back in 2001. Professional Security Consultants, Inc. provides officers for locations such as the Boise Town Square Mall throughout the United States and employs around 2,900 individuals. In a news release Tuesday, the U.S. Department of Labor said its investigation found the security company repeatedly exposed its employees at the Boise Town Square Mall to workplace violence hazards. KTVB.com reports OSHA initiated the inspection following the fatal shooting last fall and the investigation determined the security company did not institute controls to protect Boise Town Square security workers from hazards. Debbie McAllister, KBOI News. The first thing that pops into my head when I hear that is, uh, isn't the job of security guards to try to rid the place of workplace violence hazards? So therefore, they do have to encounter them? Saying that was my thought. The... Apparently, I mean, you're there in case something happens. Yeah. And something happens. There is a couple of problems in this, and maybe it has to do with training. For instance, according to Boise Police Department, security footage from the mall shows that Burquist, who was a person who uh, shot and killed 26-year-old security guard Joe Acker and uh, Robert Padilla Arguella, Burquist later died following a shootout with police, um, was open carrying a weapon for around 40 minutes inside the mall on October 25th. And during that entire time, law enforcement was never contacted. That's a problem. After Acker approached Berquist and spoke to him, he began to walk away before turning and uh, shooting, yeah. police said. 40 minutes. You have 40 minutes that a person there who is... In the past, at least on two separate occasions, been observed causing problems, carrying a weapon within the Boise Town Square Mall, and here, 40 minutes inside the mall, and can be seen carrying the weapon. As a matter of fact, that was part of the reason why he was approached in the first approached place, in the first yeah. place was because he was carrying a weapon, but at no time did anybody call police. Is that a pro- I think that's a problem with training, isn't it? Yeah, if if uh, if it is in fact against the law to carry uh, a weapon openly in the mall, then I suppose the police should have been called. Here's the thing: um, it's not against the law; it's against mall policy. That's that's another problem that I have have with this because um, Professional Securities Consultant Inc., which is the Los Angeles company, they employ about twenty nine hundred workers. Uh, they were cited for the one serious violation that received the fine of $14,502 um, after it exposed employees to hazards that caused or are likely to have caused death or serious injury without protecting their employees. Um, one of the things... I wonder what they're suggesting would have protected <laughs> employees in this particular case. Uh, apparently, take a listen to this, OSHA said uh, their recommendations said including developing a workplace violence prevention program, better identifying and tracking high-risk people or habitual offenders of no firearm policy, in addition, installing more signage about the mall's ban on firearms. So in other words, the signs they had up weren't enough. We need bigger signs saying that you aren't allowed to have firearms. So people who are inclined to bring 
uh, a weapon uh, of any sorts into a mall wouldn't if the sign was really big that told them not to. Apparently, according to the OSHA recommendations, that's the case. There is no way in the world if there would have been bigger signs or if Berquist had to walk I... by five or six different signs saying yeah. no weapons allowed, there's no way he wouldn't still gone, oh, I can't have a weapon. I'm going to take it back outside. Yeah, I feel like this is a deal where uh, somebody is uh, under arrest for bank robbery and, and the policeman asks him, now, were you aware that bank robbery is illegal? And the mm-hmm. guy says, no. What? You know, if I'd have, it's illegal? If I'd have known that, I never would have robbed that bank. I'm just, I'm just saying, make the sign as big as you want. Those who don't intend to follow it yeah. won't. And I, at Berquist, I don't think, I mean, based on the number of times that he open carried in the Boise Town Square Mall that he was seen uh, and recorded on video doing it, uh, it's not going to change. You know, the one thing that's not here included in any of this, I want to get your thoughts on, nowhere does it say that maybe security guards should have been, you know, trained in, in carrying their own weapons. Well, I guess that's something they'll have to decide, huh? 208-336-3700. Your thoughts, if you'd like to weigh in, 1-800-529-5264. Uh, if you have a Verizon phone, easy. Just hit pound 670. You can also uh, email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Once again, we'll get your thoughts coming up after news at the top of the hour. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour we go. Phone lines open, at least a couple of them are. If you want to get through right now, take part in the show. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI. That's toll free, 1-800-529-5264. Pound 670 if you have a Verizon uh, wireless phone. Remember, you can always uh, email us, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com, um, and text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Brandon in uh, Napa, been waiting very patiently here on News Talk KBOI. Brandon, good morning to you. Good morning. So I just kind of wanted to branch off of what the last caller, Neil, said about the homelessness um, I'm originally from Vermont and just recently moved to Idaho. And Vermont was very similar where we made a bunch of homeless shelters, tried to kind of advocate for them, and drugs and homelessness really just took over our peaceful little state. Um, I agree with Neil that, you know, the issues that you're addressing these folks um, and why they're homeless is, is really more important, you know. They've got mental health issues. Let's let's address that. If they've got drug addictions, let's figure out. You know, how can we help them in this way? Um, you know, I've seen it myself. Just like Neil said, that when we build the shelters, they come in flocks. So, um, really felt that it was important to kind of get that message out there that if we don't want this, that we should definitely vote about it. So, now, do you think, um, like Neil does, that if you build more Homeless shelters, more homeless people will move there? Oh, absolutely. You do. And uh, excuse the background noise, I'm currently at work. Um, I'm a truck driver, so. (laughs) But uh, I've seen it firsthand, you know, just in Little Vermont, we built more shelters, and that was actually an excuse as to why um, a lot of them moved into our state was because they knew that we catered, you know, to the homeless population. 
Um, how many? Again, just, uh, how many do you figure? Uh, how many do you figure moved into the state? How many uh, does Vermont typically have? Um, well, it's it's hard to say. You know, it's it's probably tripled in the last five years. Um, I would I would estimate maybe twenty to thirty thousand, um, which sounds like a relatively small number. But you got to remember that Vermont only has you know roughly six hundred thousand people in it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank I'm, you I'm just the, curious. I you know, wanted to know what we were dealing with. Thank you for the call, Brandon. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Y'all have a great one. You know, in, in case you missed this uh, a little bit earlier as we were talking about this, um, I want you to play uh, cut three here. It, it, you know, a, lo- a lot of people I don't I, I don't believe think, oh, homelessness, is, it's not that big a deal. Um, you know, it, we even had the gentleman a little bit earlier who uh, texted us, is why are all the homeless people just in, in Boise? And that's not true. There, there are homeless people. It's, it may be that you don't see them, but there are homeless people in almost every community here in the uh, Treasure Valley right now, and uh, apparently it's getting worse and worse. Back in 2019, Boise Ada County Homeless Coalition did a point-in-time count of those experiencing homelessness. They're required to do so, and they're required to do this during the last 10 days in January by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. So they did this count on the night of January 23rd, 2019. And they counted the number of people sheltered and unsheltered. Statewide, there were 2,315 men, women, and children experiencing homelessness. 713 in Ada County alone. And according to CATCH, which stands for Charitable Assistance to Communities Homeless, well, that number has more than doubled in the last three years. So since 2019, this is homelessness just in Ada County, According to this study, homelessness has doubled in the uh, last yeah. three years. I wonder how much how much of that has to do with COVID. How much of it has to do with people who ended up losing their jobs, um, you know, because businesses went out uh, of business. You know, basically, I, I don't I don't know that that's the the biggest factor, and, and the only reason I uh, say that is because I know so many people who lost jobs but then got another one. Uh, lost jobs, but then had their family to fall back on, uh, you know, were able to stay in their house, you know, didn't immediately fall apart because they lost a job and, and they ended up getting a, a different one. Is this eventually? Is this strictly? It, so I think it's more of a uh, drugs, alcohol, and, uh, and mental health problem. Yeah, and that's my question. Is yeah. this strictly because of drugs, mental health, or is this also a possibility of we're seeing more of it? And like I said, doubling in three years is huge. Mm-hmm. Is this a problem because of what we see with rent prices and home prices? Is that their only option that um, they have no place else to go? They can't they can't afford an apartment anymore because right. as we as we keep mentioning, Boise, Ada County specifically in Idaho, uh, becoming more and more affordable. You had the study that came out here just a couple of weeks ago that said Idaho is one of the most affor- least affordable. Matter of fact, it was number one, ranked number one, least affordable place to buy a home. Apartment rentals, um, astronomical prices compared to other cities of the same size. Does all of that go in and, you know, go into to, to the homelessness problem? I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. Uh, Kerry writes in, Mike at KBY.com says, uh, Morning, sounds like Neil, our new San Jose transplant, is advocating for the screening of new Idaho residents. Do we set income requirements, education level, credit worthiness? Why stop there? Let's go to weight, race, religion, gender, 
or lack thereof. Oh, oh, sounds and, and can it be retroactive? It <laughs> sounds as if he would like a more elitist Idaho. I wonder how many native Idahoans would currently meet his requirements. Well, if there's only some way we could just line them up. And, and no, I'm kidding. That does sound a little uh, fascist, doesn't it? Sarah, Boise. You want to choose what yeah. sorts of people belong here. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Hi. Um, I think that um, I would be interested in putting more money and resources towards homeless people that are um, willing to help themselves and, um, and you know, get jobs. So if they did lose their job during the pandemic or they fell short during the pandemic or fall in hard times, like, but they're willing to help themselves, like, yes, let's put resources into that. But what I'm hearing from most of the talk radio I've been listening to is that people are concerned about this. Um, interface where there is no restrictions. There's no like um, guiding these people towards a better life. They can come in drunk. They can come in high. No questions asked. And um, and that's the kind of homeless people that I'm not really interested in putting money towards. A few weeks ago, we had somebody on from Interfaith, and, and they told us that they have practically as many rules as uh, as uh, you know Reverend Bill Roscoe's place. Uh, they do have a few different ones, but no, they do. If somebody yeah. if somebody comes in high or drunk or something, they do treat them for that. They don't just ignore it. They treat them, but they also allow it. So how many people are going to just continue to do it, even though they're being treated, or they'll take three days of treatment and then leave and come back high or drunk or don't know. Um, yeah. you know belligerent? And so that's, I, yeah, like I've worked downtown for nearly 20 years, and as a large group of people that are continuously down there homeless and, you know, have the signs that say, you know, why, why lie? I want beer or, you know, yeah. stuff like well, that. And, so and we don't want, I don't want to bring more of that into Boise. That, that also goes into the part that, you know, people forget about, you know, they just think that everybody doesn't want to be homeless, but there is uh, it's, I don't think it's a, a large uh, percentage, but there are a percentage of people who are homeless who don't want any place to live. They like the nomadic lifestyle of being able to pack up their tent and go wherever they want. I mean, and, and there's been interviews with them that they, you know, if you offered them a free place to live, like the homeless shelter, it's like, no, even if they had no rules, it's like, I like the lifestyle of being homeless and be able to pack up and, and go wherever I want, whenever I want, you know, that have nothing to do with not being able to uh, want or afford, afford an apartment or have mental health or, or drug issues. Right, and I feel like places like Interfaith are encouraging that behavior by um, allowing you know them to come and go when the weather's bad or when it's not comfortable outside. And so it just kind of allows that lifestyle to continue. And I don't want to fund it as a taxpayer. Thank you for the call, Sarah. Appreciate see. it. Appreciate your thoughts. KBY News Time 915. Uh, I got phone calls still to get to. If you're on the line, I promise we're going to get to you. Don't go anywhere. We need to take a break. Take care of some business. Uh, once again, phone line. We have a phone line open if you want to get through right now. 208 336 3700. You can also email us, Mike at KBY.com and Chris at KBY.com. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, more on the homelessness issue. Boise City Council uh, approved Interfaith Sanctuaries move 
to uh, State Street. We'll get back to more of your phone calls on that. Uh, wanted to uh, get to Mike, who's been holding on here this morning. He wanted to talk about the uh, OSHA um, fine by the uh, OSHA for the um, shooting that went on at the Boise Town Square Mall last October. Thanks for being patient, Mike, and uh, you're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Well, first off, it was a tragedy. Uh, everybody will agree with that. Uh, you know, OSHA has lost its path through the years. It was started for good reasons, and then it, uh, you know, it's a uh, government that grows on itself. So now we've got this fine, and uh, uh, you've said earlier, and I wasn't even going to call in today. In fact, I was going to talk about homeless. But, yeah, a big sign out that says, oh, by the way, if you have mental illness and carrying a gun, don't come into the mall. Uh, it's not going to cut it. And the concern that, and I haven't read the whole report, about the time lapse between when this individual was seen carrying a gun and when Boise police was called, uh, that has a, a question mark in my head. The other thing is, and you brought it up, is uh, are, are they suggesting that the uh, security guards um, uh, wear bulletproof vest and uh, all carry guns? Well, if it was that simple, uh, it would be simple, but it's not. And the last thing you want to do is have individuals uh, that were working at uh, 7-Eleven on Monday and on Friday are now a security guard carrying a gun at a mall or any other place. Um, It takes years and hours and hours and hours of training. And unfortunately, we don't live in a society that allows that. Um, you know, the fine would be better off to have OSHA say, look, we're going to fine you, but you take that money and this is the training and how to respond and what was the communications and that type of thing. And, you know, that's kind of my thought on that. It's, it's going to happen again because there are people out there that have a screw loose that see it and see the press. And luckily the press lately on, on shootings at malls and churches is not showing the individual's face because there's always somebody in a dark basement bedroom that plays with their Game Boy that says, oh, I can be somebody <laughs> too. I'll show them. And I, I, They'll have to yeah, pay attention to me them. now. Here, hold my now, beer. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and sadly, uh, with uh, the amount of mental illness uh, that's out there, uh, that could happen. If I can jump over to the subject of the, uh, the homeless shelter, it didn't surprise me that the city okayed it. Uh, you know, there's always that thing that was said for years, not in my backyard. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if it goes to court. But the one thing that popped up in my mind when I saw the the requirements that the city council put in there is a needle drop box. Oh, for and, uh, hypodermic needles. Yes. And I thought, I'm sure it's not for diabetics. Um, so, so right there is the big red flag that there's more of a problem. Uh, you know, the Reverend Roscoe runs a tight ship and, and, uh, that's where I'd rather see my support. And when I am no longer walking on this earth, they are going to get a nice support from me. But, uh, you know, I also look at all this and I look back and I'll say, boy, how lucky I was to have good parents and the right upbringing and all of that and and the older you get you kind of have to look back and say man that's a fine line that could have been me if this would have happened if that would have happened so 
you know, the older I get, the more understanding I get. But there are some people, as you've mentioned, that don't want help. Yeah, there is. They're just, they're just flat is. That's just uh, the yeah. you know truth of, yeah, truth of it. They just don't want every, to live in a home. Every state has a certain number yeah. of people that are, that are identified as chronically homeless, meaning no matter what we do, they're still going to be homeless. They're going to be that. And I'll give you another little piece of history. Back in the, uh, the 80s, um, if somebody was homeless and showed up at Ada County uh, for assistance uh, but didn't quite re- meet the requirements of this or that, uh, they were given a bus ticket and a couple sack lunches to Portland or Salt Lake. And that was this community's way of moving it down somewhere else. Unfortunately, Ada County now has been the receiving end of that mm-hmm. on a lot of this. Yeah, there are there are communities anyway. that uh, still mm-hmm. do that. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Well, karma, yeah, I suppose. Um, Spinner in Hagerman. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBI. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, just to add a little bit on to what Homeboy was just talking about with the needle drop box, um, as I understood it from a couple of senators and representatives that I've talked to, um, it's the Needle Welfare Exchange Program that was sponsored by, I believe, Representative Blanksma. And as I understood it, the the idea of it is awesome. You don't want... You don't, you don't want disease to get out there, but if there's one thing that the pandemic has showed me, and I'm sure has shown a lot of people, never let a pandemic go to waste. So if you have an opportunity to set that tone and be like, oh, we care about the homeless. You know, we, we have a place for them to get free needles. Okay, that, that they have a network. Homeless people have a network. You know, and there's people that want to be homeless, that want to panhandle, and there's people that want to get better. You know, through that, we get this big, broad spectrum, and that network goes out. Okay, Boise, Idaho has these drop boxes where I can get Narcan. I can get free hypodermic needles. I have a safe place to inject illegal drugs in my body without any repercussions. Okay, so that network gets out. That's right. how we start flipping Boise it's it's already borderline blue, but that's how we flip that. You know, we yeah. look at all these other rural areas, such as Nevada. Nevada is diehard Republican, conservative, libertarian, but you got the window lickers in Vegas that determine what happens in Nevada. Same thing in SoCal. You go above the, the red line. Californians are predominantly Republican, but you get those mouth breathers down in SoCal that think they know what's best for the world, and it's... It's it's always politically driven. There's nothing just. Oh yeah, I mean only. almost almost anything today is uh, politically driven. Uh, Spinner, thank you for the call. Thank you for the thoughts. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm you know trust me, we've talked about this many times before. Even when you know before a couple months ago, Biden was suggesting that um, we have locations for people to come safely shoot up their drugs. No. You don't want to be handing out hypodermic needles. You don't want to be giving people a safe place to come because I I agree with you. It's like all of a sudden, everybody who wants to do drugs will be coming to that place. That is definitely something that I don't want in my neighborhood. In, in the same way that uh, you would be against random water fountains out in the desert? Why would you put them there? So people don't die. It, people aren't living in the desert. I know, but people are occasionally crossing the desert because they entered the country illegally, and people do put out watering stations for them just kind of as a humanitarian gesture, uh, basically saying to them, okay, you know, there are going to be consequences, but 
for what you did, but one of them isn't going to be the fact that you'll die of thirst in the desert. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, too. It doesn't no. make me a horrible no. human being? No. Many people say, hey, if you didn't put the water there, they wouldn't expect any water, you know? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. A couple of lines are open. Those of you who are on the line, stay right where you're at. we got to get to news here, and then we'll get to your phone calls coming up. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. The Boise City Council has approved a controversial proposed homeless shelter on State Street. The council okayed Interfaith Sanctuary's application in a 4-2 vote late Monday night for a conditional use permit as long as roughly 30 conditions are met, including not exceeding 205 bed capacity. Of the many conditions, Interfaith will be required to report back to the Boise City Council after its first six months of occupancy and then provide an annual compliance report to council members. Boise Mayor Lauren McLean says she's committed to ensuring the city has resources to address permanent homeless solutions. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We have a phone line open right now if you want to get through and give your thoughts. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, Vicki, thank you for being patient, waiting uh, on hold with us this morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. I'm a first-time caller, and I wanted to share my thoughts on the homeless shelter. I do believe that there needs to be something for these people. I believe there are people that are in need. However, there is a lot of abuse that has come from the people who use these places. I worked in social programs for many years and retired from social programs, and they have a network amongst themselves. They know where to go and which state benefits them. I have a brother that's been living on the streets uh, for many years. He doesn't want a home. He doesn't want to have a job or a better life. He goes from state to state and he gets in these programs and they help him and they just get him to the next state. So he was just recently uh, flown from Michigan to Hawaii. They're a Democrat state. He's in a rehab. Wait, 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 wait. He got he got flown at their expense, yeah. Michigan, so they want to get yeah. rid of their homeless and they're flying them to Hawaii? He what he says is and he these people some of these people know the system very well. I have family there that can help me. And because he has mental issues and he is a drug addict, he his medicine is very costly. Um, they will put him on transportation to wherever he needs to go. He just recently went from um, Illinois to Vermont because he said his mother lived in Vermont, which is not true, and he spent time there. He has been all over the United States. He stays in Democratic states, and he says they have the best programs to help him, and he's had some of the best drug Hmm. treatment programs, and he doesn't want help. He's just looking for places to get to the next level. Now, all these all these places, I just want to get this straight to, for people listening and myself, all these places that he's going to, he, he, he gets there and then he wants to go someplace else and then they pay for him to go to be flown some, to some program. other state. Yes, he has. He's been all over because he has very limited funds. And he's had some nice facilities because he takes pictures and shows shows them to me on... Uh, text and I mean, right now he's on the beach in Hawaii. Wow! 
And he, these, the people that he mingles with know the same programs. So he talks about different people and they're here and I'm here. And when he gets to these places, he hooks up with them and they know where to go next. This is big. It's all over. And it doesn't cure them. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I think that we should have network programs all over the United States that are in touch with each other. If he's been in and out of facilities all over and he's not wanting to get better, then I think that he should not get, you know, to have that privilege. I've right. asked, I've been called by many officers because um, usually he's arrested and he's taken to the hospital and then they will put him in the facility. And I beg them, I say, please, you've got to put him away. He needs help. And every state that he's been in that I've talked to, their hands are tied. They can't do anything. I mean, he hears voices. He's threatened people. He threatens himself. And they said, we can't do anything. Our hands are tied unless he wants to go to a mental hospital. He can't be put away. Interesting. Which is where he needs to be. Yeah. Is he trying to get out of Hawaii right now? Yep, he's going to be sent. Um, he's going to be sent the end of the week. Um, he's still trying to figure out where he wants to go, but they don't want him there either because he is. His health problems are huge from drug abuse and from mental. Uh, he's he's on a very expensive medication, so they have to give him that medication in there. And he's unsure where he's going to go, but he thinks he's going to probably head to the south again because he's got some really good programs down there. And. That's my take on it. Wow. All right. Thank you uh, for sharing your, your, your personal take on it. That's interesting. That's interesting. There. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, and I know it's got to be frustrating to you, especially working in the industry and to sit there and see it. But there's yeah. a perfect example of somebody, you know, who refuses all help and just uses the system. I would. I worked under health and welfare a lot, and I would get clients sent to me. They would get a gas card to come. They had to show up for my classes. All they could think about was the next smoke break. I mean, if I was going over on my time, they'd want to get up and go out and smoke. (laughs) And that's with him. He's always got plenty of money for smoking and drugs. Right. But he can't find anything else. And and these people would get a cast card. They just had to show up. But yet all they could think about was their their break for smoking. And I doubt. And when you say they get a gas card, what do you mean by they get a gas card? Well, if they're on food stamps or SNAP now, when I worked the program with food stamps, and they would get a gas card to go to these classes to help better themselves. So it might be on budgeting, uh, living on less, how to stretch your money. And they would come, but they really didn't want to be there, but they wanted that gas card badly. Yeah. And they would take smoke breaks. I mean, they'd just get up out of my class and start walking out and take their smoke breaks. I couldn't not give them the gas card. If they showed up, right. They checked the all yeah. right. Thank you for uh, sharing your story, uh, Vicky. Appreciate it. A lot of the frustration I think people seem to have with homeless people is that they don't do things logically. In other words, logically, you should be trying uh, your darndest to get a job, to uh, have some money, to you know have a home, and that's not what a lot of these people are about. And so they're frustrating. But you know, if the fact is, if they had their act together, well, they wouldn't be homeless in the first place. So you know, in her description, you know, it reminds me of. 
is timeshares. It's like, I don't want to be at a timeshare presentation, but I want the free trip and the free hotel stay in, in Lake Tahoe. I told you that in so confidence. I'll, so I'll, I'll go put up with the, uh, every, I'll go put up with every, the timeshare presentation, every, but I have no interest in buying anything. I told you that in confidence every time I did it. God, that's just a crazy, crazy story. Uh, Bob in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Morning, guys. Well, that lady that was just on explained this situation far better than I could. Mm. But why do we want to make it comfortable and easy for these people to be irresponsible? There is kind of two issues here. You have those that are truly mentally incapable of providing for themselves, and that's another issue. But the vast majority of these people are living the lifestyle they want to. You know, the question that never gets asked and nobody wants to answer is why are these people in the situation they're in? And most people are in the situation they are in life because of choices they've made. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just that simple. And uh, I don't – have you ever noticed they don't seem to want to be homeless halfway between Boise and Mountain Home? They want to be homeless in downtown Boise where they can get their drugs and their alcohol and they can get taken care of and what have you. And it just – to me, uh, I don't think we should, should do that. There should be a there should be a place for these people that are mentally have mental problems. But I, if they are that mentally incapable, I don't think they should be out wandering around loose. There should be a facility, a locked facility that they stay in until if they're able to, to get better, fine. But the rest of these people, I don't feel that we owe them anything at all. All right, should should we only be helping people then that that. Uh are helping themselves first? I think so. Why should I care more about somebody than they care about themselves? I don't know. It it just seems like the people who aren't helping themselves are, in fact, the most helpless. But it it doesn't necessarily mean that we have an obligation. Through my business over the last 30 years, I've dealt not necessarily with the homeless, but Mm -hmm. this same kind of mentality. And, uh, you know, they know the system better than the people running the system. It's just that simple. They know how to work it. They know what program well, they can go to, we, how we just, often they can go to that program. Yeah, we just you know, we just, just heard from the previous caller that it sounds like they know very well, and not only do they uh, not only oh. know um, you know how to work the system, but apparently they uh, teach and and there's a good network of of helping to do uh, just that. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Bob. I don't know. It just. Uh... And that is that is though I understand I understand where that attitude comes from that that uh, you, you don't want to help people if just doing stupid things is why they got into that position in the first place. Yeah, you know, Rich, maybe only if there's an accident or something. But it, it's it's kind of hard to start judging. Rich and Boise, thanks for being patient. I uh, got about a minute here before we need to take take a break. Um, good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, well, if you listen to that woman's call three times, she mentioned that he was mentally ill. And you don't just take somebody in and give them a shot for mental illness. These people that are saying that they want to be homeless, they're mentally ill. I, 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 used, to go, I used to call up L80 when I needed help. And, uh, and of course, the, the, private empl- the temporary employment agency shut that down, so you can't, call up, you can't just call up and give these guys day jobs any, anymore. But they all had mental problems, and we don't want to do anything about mental problems. And locking them up in an asylum or a prison isn't solving mental problems either. We can't hire them uh, as day labor? Uh, 
no. You used to be able to call up L80 and say, I need like three guys to help me do something. Now they can't do that. They go. You have to go through a temp agency, mm. which charges about twice as much money. They do cover workman's comp and stuff, but they tend not, the temp agencies tend not to deal with those kind of people either. They want, you know, people, you know, all cleaned up, dressed nice, looking respectable to send yeah. out. What do you, so, yeah, what they, do you they, do they, though? If you want to, if you want to help the people that have mental issues and I mean, it's, it's a kind of a, a cycle here. They have mental issues. They know they have, or people know that they have mental issues yet they don't want to get help for their mental issues and you can't take them off the streets and lock them up if they don't want to get help and you you can't force them to get help well well who yeah but who we who's giving people with mental issues help they really they really don't get help uh i mean it it well it, that's my they, point it's like how do you force them to get help if they don't want help well you're assuming that they don't want help I don't know where you're getting that they don't want help. Well, I mean, we just we just heard from a woman who said her her brother yeah. doesn't want to get yeah. help. Yeah, but uh, I don't I don't know if he, if he really doesn't want to. He's mentally ill, so he doesn't necessarily know what's best. He's not he's, what, he's, what he's not acting in his own self uh, See, interest. Yeah. And, and I get it's, that. It's so not, what? So then you force that person because he's mentally ill. So we lock him up and force that person to get help. No, you can't. You can't do that either. That's, that's what I mean. I so mean, we're you, stuck you just, back there just, again. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It is a mental illness problem, and you know, now they they shouldn't put them in like huge facilities like that because then that just creates bigger problems. You know, it should be like smaller stuff. But I mean, we can't just the way people have been calling in this morning. They've been talking like uh, homeless shelters cause homelessness, and no, there's there's not the. People don't go to homeless shelters because there's no need. There's always a need. Yeah. Uh, All right, Rich, we're know. up. We're up against a break here. We need to take a break. Uh, one more segment on the way. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Uh, we got one more segment. Final chance to get through. Up next. Get six seventy KBOI on Alexa. First, say Alexa. Enable the six seventy KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say Alexa. Open six seventy KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Jesse and Boise, thanks for being patient. What do we do about the homeless situation? Well, you know, I just it bothers me that there's so many people around here that are renting and then find out that they're not going to get their lease renewed. And, you know, that happened to me and a whole bunch of other people I know. And some people end up on the streets because, you know, in this town, there's just not much for people that have low-paying jobs. And we can't live in a society with no janitors and no, you know, cleaners and people that have these low-paying jobs. But, you know, you look at houses around here and you got everyone slapping granite countertops, hardwood floors, and every little shack in town and jacking the prices up on houses, where are people supposed to live? I know that that's not a huge percentage of the homeless people in town, but, you know, where are people supposed to live? I mean, you can't find anywhere affordable. No, but I think you're right. I I don't think there's any one problem. I mean, we've, we've talked about mental health issues this morning, drug issues uh i think there's more than just one or two things that are causing a homeless problem and one of those things maybe just as you just said that you know they have no place 
that they can afford to go, as you just said. That that ad, that adds to the homelessness, and, and as we mentioned, it's it's tripled here in Ada County in the last three years. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Yep. Paul Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yes, this is Paul from Nampa calling. Uh, there's there is very little bit of, of visible homelessness over here in Nampa. Um, I guess COVID kind of shipped most of them over to Boise, out of the Nampa area. And I found myself five years ago renting a house for which was 2,200 square feet. It had a large basement below, which matched the top, and it was $800 a month. And so I rented out the bottom half to a paranoid schizophrenic drug addict that did 10 years in prison. And I was taking quite a quite a chance on him, but I did nevertheless, and, and it seemed to work out very well that way for the two of us because I'm on a fixed income, right. and so was he. And it kept me from being homeless, but when it came time for them to sell that house, I found myself homeless. I didn't have a place to go to, and I didn't have a credit card to go rent myself a room for yeah. a week. And when it comes to affordable housing in this area, you're one pay, if you're one che- paycheck away from being homeless, that's what you are is homeless because there's no place to go. Everybody that you want to rent from wants a background check. Mm-hmm. They want a credit check. They want you to write a check. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. You, 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 your back is up against the wall. And homelessness... And mental illness and drug addiction is a balancing act. You overdo one, and then you, you find yourself not taking your meds. And if you're paranoid schizophrenic, then you're a danger to yourself and society. Thank you for so, the call, Paul. Appreciate yeah. your thoughts. Um, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. It's interesting experience. Uh, if you want, you can continue with the emails and get those in to, uh, to us once again. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. We've got some emails we didn't get to this morning, so we'll get to those tomorrow morning. We're done. 20-hour break. We are off. Uh, we'll be back again uh, coming up tomorrow morning uh, for uh, another show. Have yourself a great day.